0: You know, getting a good vibe for everyone, you know, from coaching staff, leadership just gets me excited. You know, this is where I'm going to live. This is where I'm going to play ball, you know, develop as a player. For one, I want to say I'm a problem solver. I can run, I got the size, I'm smart, the whole nine yard. So they're going to allow me to play the game of my full potential.
1: All right, welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 143 to be exact. Recording at 1150 p.m. Central Time with the crew. I'm talking about Tatum Everett, Ron Johnson or John Ronson, whatever you want to call him. And we got Pete Bursich, Jay Nelson on the ones and twos. And the Vikings wrapped up tonight by selecting three players, three playmakers, according to Quasi Adolfo Menta. But similar to day one. The Vikings traded back a couple of times and then traded up to get some of those picks, starting with Andrew Booth Jr. We needed a cornerback and we got one. And a lot of us were high on him coming into it. We thought he was going to be there at 34. Aqwesi Adolfo meant worked work some of his magic and ultimately ended up getting on Andrew Booth Jr. Then with the 59th overall selection, the Vikings selected Ed Ingram, interior alignment for the for LSU, won a national championship in 2019, and then rounded today out by selecting linebacker Brian Asamoah from Oklahoma. And, uh, Pete, I want to start with you. Andrew Booth, Jr., we knew this was going to be a a need for the Vikings drafting a cornerback. A lot of Vikings fans wanted us to draft a cornerback in 12th yeah. overall, but we didn't do so. A lot of the cornerbacks were off the board, but your thoughts on Andrew Booth, Jr.? Uh,
2: you know, he, he was, yeah, his name was thrown along, around quite a bit early um, I don't know if it's it's the fact they didn't run a four four. You know, is the thing people stay away from. But I look at it this way: Ed Donatel cut his teeth in this league as a defensive backs coach. He was defensive backs coach for the Bears. Um, you know, just he's been around this league and he knows defensive backs when he sees them. It's a little bit different of a system. You don't really, you know, when when you have defensive linemen or outside linebackers setting an edge, you don't really have the need for a corner to be in run support as much like in the four, three, you can stack tight ends and just keep blocking down. And eventually that corner is the one that has to crack and replace rally up, make a tackle. And, um, so he, he does appear to be physical, um, but you're getting a good quality player. And we talked about this before the draft even started. If you want to start on this team, you want to be a safety or a corner, a defensive tackle or an edge rusher, um, on defense, that's going to be the easiest route. And so, uh, it looks to be that they got themselves, you know, two maybe three good starters. Mm-hmm. All you know already. awesome is going to take some time, um, but he's going to be able to help along the way. It, there's so there's there's a lot, um, a lot added, a lot of talent, and you know, but a lot of guys that just can play football. Yeah. right. If you want to just use an old school term, because I am old. <laughs> So but, I
1: use those terms, but the terms you use, lot. the terms you use, are always endearing, and they are always new. So, oh, Gabe, the old man saying new things. I feel like that's the new wave now, right? Right, <laughs> like like TikTok. Well, let's go. <laughs> that's, that's a that's an
2: old man saying something new.
1: But, yeah. Well, I know someone who's on TikTok, and that's Tatum Everett.
3: <laughs> not not <Yeah. laughs> not quite. I got pressured into doing a TikTok in Vegas with our social media producer, so that was a. Good times. No, I uh, I think it's really important to think that uh, Ed Donatel is a big part of this decision-making process because Quasey and Kevin are putting their full confidence in him. And then today, a lot of the scouts spoke on behalf of the staff as they were continuing to draft, saying that Donatel thinks he can really move a guy like Booth around and... That he can—he's the, the sheer ability to turn the ball over. He's got the hands to do so, has the length, and he brings a lot of, of things to the table that they're looking for as far as plug and play. Like maybe he's not playing this quintessential role; they can kind of move him all around.
1: Ron, being that you were from Detroit and seeing that the Vikings <laughs> traded with Detroit last night from twelve to thirty-two, selected Louis Scene Lewis with that pick, and then started the day the day off by trading the 34th overall pick to the Green Bay Packers and then moving back up to select Andrew Booth Jr. What were your thoughts on just those moves to get a guy in Andrew Booth? Well, I, I thought it was key. So when you look at Andrew Booth Jr.,
0: I, I thought that was the guy all along. Like, I thought that was the guy they're going to take over Louisine. Um, Even though he was graded out as a second, you know, possible third round, depending on how this draft went. Um, if that's a guy you like, and I've always heard this from scouts, coaches, if there's a guy you like, like if you look at Pierre Garçon with the Colts, People thought a kid out of Mountain Union shouldn't be a third round pick. Well, he ends up being a really good player. Mm-hmm. Tony Dungy believed in what they saw. They drafted him. It worked out. And so you
2: well, can never the problem. And and to your point, and it, this is what happens in the draft rooms: is you have a guy that you that's sitting there at a it was a second round talent, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're late in the third. And if you're going to go true to your board, it's like no, this this guy here is smaller school, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's perfect as, as a third rounder. This, you know, we're, we're stepping up and we're, we're making an aggressive move to get this guy. But then everyone's like, yeah, well, what about this guy here? Correct, you you know there. what I mean? Yeah. It's so, you know, I think Spielman and those guys like to put the star or whatever, red tag or yeah. whatever next to him. But it's that's tough. Yeah. It, it's tough for an organization to stand up and, and just say, you know what? No, we want we will continue to pass on player A. Yeah we're taking this guy.
0: Yeah, cuz if that's your guy, you go get him. Yeah. You know, and and like Tatum was saying, "Ed Donatello clearly has a vision." He clearly and uh we had Ryan Monis on, you know, and he mm-hmm. mentioned that. He said, "Look, Right away they came and told us as scouts, this is what we want. This is what we want you guys to scout. This is what we want you guys to look for. So clearly Booth fits whatever they're gonna do. Like she said, if he's a move guy, he's a guy that can play in the nickel. If they put Channing Sullivan outside in certain, you know, teams they're playing, they already got it matched up. Patrick Peterson, you're gonna be here. Uh if we're gonna put so-and-so in the box, if we're gonna move uh our our new linebacker who's 226 pounds and runs a you know, runs a four-four on the field. You're gonna spy the quarterback so Eric Kendricks can rush. I think in a three-four. You don't always have to, and that's why I actually like it. You don't have to stay into your true look. Like yeah. You can move guys around, but the key is knowing your role, and I think that's the other part. They wanted smart guys that can come into this defense right away and say, if you line up at safety, but you're in the box, but I need you to get all the way across the other side of the field and be on the hash at the snap of the ball, we know Harrison Smith can do it. We know Patrick Peterson can do it. We saw games, nothing against, and I think he's going to get better, where Cam Dancer was just in the wrong spot. And if you can get guys to line up in the right spot and do all that crazy move stuff, you can be a really good defense. I look at the Packers. Look at the Ravens. And I think that's what Ed Donatello is trying to create. He's trying to create uh, – some people call it controlled chaos, where it just – it looks crazy at the snap, but then, boom, they're in their spots.
2: You know, and in, in it you bring up a, a, a fabulous point, and it's ironic. And if you think about this is, um, you know, they, 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 they call uh, – uh, Coach O'Connell referred to it as as, as uh, uh, illusion of illusion com- of complexity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's hilarious how the offense will line up in a million different ways <laughs> to run the same damn plays. <laughs> but for a defense, what do you want to do? Show the same damn look, snap after snap mm-hmm. after snap, but play different things. Correct. How do you do that as a defense? How do you line up in the same umbrella look and? And adjust mm-hmm. when you have all these shifts and motions and jet motions right. and things you do that because you got guys that can play out Correct. of position yeah mm-hmm. right and when you're when you're a four three um in your handicap meaning you, you you become matchup based and you say we just do not want this guy we do not want Gabe Henderson covering you.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, right. wow.
2: I Ron Johnson! Matchup. I want that matchup in the week. flat. We just we do not want that, and we saw that on film with the Rams. Yeah, they, you know, with, with with putting the running backs flexing them all the way outside. Anthony Barr, out and all there, you got to yep. do is look up and say, "Yep, eh, linebackers walked out." Up, oh, man to man, man to man, yep. corner bumped up. Oh, it's zone. Well, when you have athletes that are versatile, um, and I think this is one of Harrison Smith's greatest strengths, is that. You don't know what he's going to do cuz mm-hmm. he can blitz. So mm-hmm. if he walks up, you have to pay attention to him because he mm-hmm. can still drop in the deep half or deep third or whatever, or middle of the field and he can blitz, he could, you know, be down to defend the run, he could do anything from there. And it sounds like scene's the same way. Correct. Right? Yes. And now you've got a corner who can do. So what it does for the defense is it you, you don't you don't have these matchup nightmares. Correct. Yeah. That you're saying, okay, well, we don't want this to happen. So anytime the slot goes, the nickel runs with them. Mm-hmm. But if the Z goes, then we're just going to do, you know, and, and, and then it's paralysis by analysis. Remember. And it's exactly what a Kevin O'Connell coach wants to see. And he wants to see you move one guy. And then have three defenders move. Yep. We covered all this on those film segments. Mm-hmm. They they motion a running back out, and there goes the linebacker. Now they got the number count they want, right? But if you can get four defenders moving right before the snap on one guy, one receiver moving, mm-hmm. they will take that all day. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a really good. How do you pull.
2: stop that? have guys that can play multiple spots
1: that's a really good point but I mean I think like you said to negate that if you got the defenders moving around so much all like you said all the offense has to do is go in motion and everything oh we can't we can't disguise this anymore because there's so many motions going on and I think that's where this offense is going to thrive and then moving to the offensive side of the ball that's why the Vikings wanted to bring in another interior offensive lineman to be able to to increase havoc for opposing defenses and at Ingram Mm -hmm. Interior offensive lineman, LSU, selected with the 59th overall pick uh, earlier tonight. He is going to be able to provide value because he is quick. He can put less pressure on a quarterback by Mm -hmm. being able to move. And now we have a guy, Tatum, that also can be in this competition battle.
3: Easily. I mean, I think they're asking for him to be right there with all the others in the depth as far as his versatility because he played both right and left guard, mainly left guard in college. And I think we're clearly looking for more of a right guard rotation at this point. But he's a guy that brings speed. He spoke to me earlier this evening and he thinks that. His greatest strength is run blocking, but he's graded out as the highest SEC pass blocker Mm -hmm. last season. And so, you know, I think that that versatility is something that we could see, especially as like a, as in on third down. Like if you're in third and short situations and you're in trying to, you know, just get a yard. He said, just put me in, stick Dalvin Cook behind me and let me go because I'm going to block. Anyone went out of the way and and, and I believe him he's, he's a big dude
1: yeah and that's all mentality too right it's like running behind me like every offensive lineman should have that mindset and, and Ron understanding from the offensive side of the ball when you're a receiver it's like throw me the ball I'm right. I'll, I'll catch it every time you put it up in the air but having that mindset as an offensive lineman what does that tell you about the kind of guys Quasey and Kevin O'Connell are trying to bring here
0: yeah I mean we've all done this drill the base block drill it, Some people love it. Some people hate it.
1: I ain't block as a receiver. (laughs) But at 6'3",
0: 230 pounds, I loved it because every DB was smaller than me. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you put that board in between those legs. You got to keep your base. And it's just me versus you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to push each other back and forth until somebody blows the whistle or until I get your butt on the ground. Mm -hmm. And to hear Seen say that, that I want to break your wheel by breaking your neck. He said, this is the only sport I can hit somebody and not go to jail. And so, so, you know, you hear a guy say that and you watch that Alabama-Georgia game where, like Pete said, or you brought up, the motion. Alabama does a ton of window dressing mm-hmm. motions. We know that with their offensive coordinator. But Lewis Seen was on – and the one I tweeted, he's on the right side of the field. He has to man up the receiver going all the way across. At the snap, he was able to get over there with the speed and tackle him for a four-yard loss. And so when you have a guy like that that wants to hit you, wants to block you, when you look at the offensive alignment same thing like Tatum said, he wants to get a guy in front of him. Every time he pulled – He's looking for somebody to knock their head off. And I think we had so many offensive guards. I can't remember the one guy's name. He, was, he had a Komodo dragon in his yard that um, he was going to punch the Packers in their mouth. Um, Boone. Alex oh, yeah, Boone. Boone yeah. You know, we had guys that would talk about it. And then in the games, we'd be like, where's the punch? <laughs> you know, this is a guy that's just saying, look, I'm a football player. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to be a bully. But when I put my pads on, you'll see what I can do. And and I, I even listen to the negatives of Mel Kuyper. And I don't really listen to Mel Kuyper much because he's always wrong. But you listen to the negatives. His negatives weren't bad. Like his negatives were – like one of the negatives was he gets too handsy. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can teach somebody to not do – and that's just being tired. Like conditioning is going to change when he gets mm-hmm. here. He's going to have money now to pay for a trainer. Um, you know, his meal plan is going to change. Even though college at LSU, you guys get paid a ton of millions at LSU. I know that to, to train and eat.
3: Uh, <laughs> it's NIL, baby, now. We got the NIL.
0: But, you know, when you when you look at that, the handsy, you know, that's tired. That's, you know, playing long games. It's technique, too. The technique, exactly. You got a coach now who's going to teach a little bit different technique. He's going to work on them one-on-one. You're my draft pick. I'm going to make sure you get it Right. And this is your job. You don't have class. Mm -hmm. So if you have issues with your hands and your technique, I want you here at 6 a.m. I want you here at 4 p.m. Like, he's going to have that. Just like Xavier Rose with with Zimmer. Zimmer had Xavier Rose with boxing gloves on after practice, working so he would not be handsy. And Mm -hmm. what happened? He he became a pro bowler. So the negatives, like if he said, oh, he's, he's soft, you know he he messes up on blocks. He misses a ton of. It was none of that. What kind of stuff? Yeah, it was he grabs sometimes. Not hard. They're not heart
2: issues. They're Correct. Secondary. Yeah. Let me say this about offensive linemen real quick. There's a couple things that matter. You have to do something well, either it's run blocking or pass blocking, one or the other. The second thing is consistency.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I know this from from coaching and with Bryant McKinney. And we'd play somebody, and Bryant McKinney would play all. You know. Randall McDaniel-esque, meaning he was grading out at 95%, 97%. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, he would play a lesser opponent and grade out at like 60 mm-hmm. You can't game plan for that as a coach. If I have a guy in my offensive line who I know can run block, mm-hmm. I can scheme around that. If I know the guy also needs help in the passing game, we could scheme for that as well. And with the way this league has gone with the bare front, which is – what, yeah, you cover up the guard, you right. cover up you – you, those guys are in tight, though. Mm-hmm. So you cover up – it's man-on-man, man, both guards and in the, in the zero nose. And you need to be big and physical inside now because these D-linemen are 320. Yeah. First and second down, you're blocking a 330-pound man. Yeah, and then yeah. third down, you're blocking a 275-pound guy who can run a 4-4. So as long as he can do something well and is consistent – then Kevin O'Connell, as an offensive coordinator, can help. You can help with yeah. formation. You can help with the different Big types time. of protections. We know when we do not want to put this young man in a bad position. But if one game he can he's just road grading people, and then mm-hmm. a week later he's pass blocking like a maniac, but not doing the other, then that becomes a problem. So, um you know, i i, I that's what he has to do. He has yeah. to just come in here and make 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 him make it known to the team mm-hmm. and to coaching staff that hey i i do this this is my bed okay. i might need help in the passing game but at least when we need a yard when it's fourth and yeah. one you know and that's well, what it looks right, like you can do right yeah. behind, he runs people, right, over. right behind the me we haven't had in. we haven't had when's the last super physical lineman that came through here
0: it's been a while
2: it's been a long you. time hutchinson it, maybe yeah. i mean it's because ezra is a
0: ezra is a you know a he's a finesse guy yeah you know and so you get and then the other guard is there's no other guard. Like, right. like Tatum said, there's going to be a competition. And I think mm-hmm. we thought Wyatt Davis would well, be a competition. Wyatt, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but if we, we didn't get that. So this is going to be a fun training
2: camp. And Wyatt where Davis get will get his chance. Yeah, he'll, he'll, get he'll chance.
1: definitely get his chance. And another guy that will get a chance to, to compete, and I'm just leaving it at that, to compete is the what? 77th overall pick in the draft this year, Brian Asamoa, linebacker mm-hmm. from Oklahoma. Uh, Pete, you and I have had numerous discussions about this guy months ago. Yeah.
2: He's, you know, the thing, there were at that position, at the linebacker position, there were a lot of guys that were slated to go later that were, you know, damn good football players. It's like the running back position. That position's been devalued, I think, a little bit in the eyes of, of a lot of teams. Um, he's a guy that when you watch him on film, you look at the height, weight, and then you watch the film. And you go back to the height and weight and mm-hmm. go, damn it <laughs> if this kid was only two inches taller. And then you go watch the film and you're like, I don't care that this kid is six foot tall. You know, but at two twenty he's gonna hurt himself. Mm-hmm. And you watch the film again and you're like, Oh my god, he's so physical. How's he not busted up in a million people? You know, he's um he's he's a hell of a good football player. You know, he's he's uh he's around the ball, reads things well. I think Minuski's gonna get, you know, get his hands on him. Uh yep. you know, and and with most extremely athletic linebackers they let their technique and their footwork slide and he could overcome a lot of the crossovers and false steps and things like that um but he's not he, I think you can get that out of him and the other thing that he does very very well like most a lot of the linebackers in this in this draft this year uh can blitz and you need that there you go you need that you you, need, you absolutely now he's not gonna go take a center down the middle and dump him, right? No question about that. But he's got speed and quickness to to cause problems with the running back. So he goes one on one against the running back. You know, now 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 we might win that. And you know, that was one of the Anthony Barr's things is that you put you can't block that guy with a with a running back. Mm-hmm. So for Asamoah, it may not be freight training people like you know, like Barr did, but he can definitely scoot. No question about that.
3: I actually wanted to ask you guys a question. For, for the way that this draft has gone, the trading of the picks, three out of four of the picks so far have been defense. Has it been in the areas you think are the most concerned or are these good fits in your eyes? I'll go with you, Ron. I'd
0: say yeah. I mean, again, corner was one. He did it. You know, um, an impact player. He did it at safety. You know, because, again, Cam Bynum, is he a long-term starter at safety? We don't know. Um, but this kid right here, Lewisine, seems to fit the bill. He's a heavy hitter. He's not afraid of contact. And that's what you need. You need a Cam Chancellor. Like Cam Chancellor, when you think about the Legion of Boom, it wasn't Richard Sherman. It was Cam Chancellor. Richard Sherman just had the mouthpiece. Cam Chancellor was the boom. He was the one that would come hit you. And I think that's what Lewisine's going to do for that back end. And he's a guy that, and Pete, you know, he knows this. You, you make a big hit. That gets everybody going. Yeah, you, know, just, you come up and stop somebody in their tracks. You're running yeah. full speed, and he just boom goes under him, and he picks him up, lifts him, dumps him. Everybody gets excited, even the offensive guys, because we see that we're like, okay, let's go. Yeah, like, this we, is go we are time. Next. Yeah.
3: Well, and it hit in the fashion that he does it in as well, <laughs> being as I mean, I don't think violence like a great word, but it's definitely it's a great word.
0: It's just football. It's violent. Well, No, it's
2: not. It, it's no longer I think it's it's a, what it is is it's a mentality. Sure. Correct. Right. It's it's a it mentality. It's a mentality that you have, and 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 yeah, he exudes it. Right. He, and, he's and such that's a reminder you, of Harrison like. Smith in that. And in I that think aspect. we need well,
3: <laughs> Harrison's
2: Harrison's just. He he, Harrison can hit, but Harrison's really clean. Yeah, Yeah. right. You Um, you need a little. I want to. We need some nasty in this defense. Honestly, like really need some. We need, and I'll. And I remember like it was yesterday, uh, early on in the Baltimore Ravens game because we were going up and down the field now, and I remember those guys during a TV timeout. The defense for the Ravens, those guys got together and said, "All right, enough's enough," and the rest of that game they played very, very well. Remember now the Ravens defense gave up more explosive plays than anybody. I mean, they had a rough year. That is what this defense needs. You got to have some pride about you, right? You've got to have you, you, you got to have someone that makes a hit like that and mm-hmm. says, and that shows enough is enough to everybody else. Yeah. And hopefully, you know the, the, the you know the easiest way to start on this team was corner, safety, uh, defensive tackle, because we do, you know, we need one more starter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those those spots, and we've addressed most of them. And linebacker
0: depth. Well, yeah, you mean yeah, linebacker you need, depth. That was, oh, so that, we've sure. had a
2: lot of backup linebackers, like backup linemen, come and go through here. Yeah. And not many of them have stuck. And so that's, and, and so that, especially with the offensive line, because you stare at that offensive line, you got first rounder left tackle, second rounder left guard, first round at center. Right guard's been a merry-go-round and a first rounder at right tackle. Mm-hmm. You can't just build an offensive line with first round picks. Yeah. Atlanta tried to do it with last year. They yeah. had all every one of their offensive linemen was a first round pick at yeah.
1: some point. Right. Student you way. gotta develop. You gotta develop talent. Yeah, and there's gonna be a lot of development coming here shortly once rookie minicamp starts. But I think Louis Seen was the biggest surprise for me especially in the first round just knowing that the cornerback position was one of the biggest needs so I'm glad we addressed it uh, early in the second round but I think Brian Asamoa is going to be a guy that is going to be underrated because a lot of a lot of what people are saying is like oh like Pete said he's six foot he's only two, 220 pounds that's it that's the
2: only complaint that's you can only... have about this kid so you're just <laughs> like okay
1: well if the lineman gets to him first then the lineman won but if Asamoa gets to the lineman first which he usually does most of the majority of the yeah. time then he's usually going to win that matchup. Mm-hmm. So I think that is an uh, underrated signing there. But I think once you put him in this Josh Hinks, Derek Keys, Marquise Johnson weight training program, this guy becomes a starter at some point. Maybe that's year two, maybe that's year three. And I think just understanding that the Vikings needed to address the defensive side of the ball, we got better on that forefront. But there are some some glaring needs still to address. Tight end is one for me. Mm-hmm. And we'll go around the room to to, to just see – what other needs the, the Vikings need, but tight end for me, and I know there are some guys out there, but, and then cornerback. You can never – Ron, you said this earlier at the in our <laughs> in our uh, instant reaction. That's on Vikings.com. You said the Vikings need corner like they need to breathe, yeah. and you can never have enough. And it's seven or eight cornerbacks on the roster right now for the Vikings isn't enough. And Patrick Peterson, he's the only proven cornerback on this roster. Andrew Booth Jr., love his swag, mm-hmm. love his playmaking ability. But we still need more.
0: I mean, yeah. I I mean, we've been doing Vikings Game Day Live now. This is our eighth year. And so I remember always talking to Pete about this. We'd look at the who's going to start or who's going to dress for the game and how many corners is Mike Zimmer going to keep, how many corners are the Lions going to keep, how many, you know. And it's always like eight, nine, or Mm ten. When you think about special teams, you think about all the things you need for corners, for gunners, uh, hold up guys, and then just – Depth, Like when you have six guys, you know, a guy runs a go route, all of a sudden Xavier Rhodes taps his hamstring, I got to mm-hmm. come out. Next guy coming in, you're like, oh, my God, they're about to attack him. It's <laughs> like every other play. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you think about that now, Patrick Peterson being older, can he go an entire game without, you know, cramping or something or just needing a breather because he just ran on a go route with mm-hmm. with Tyreek Hill or somebody? Um that's when you can bring in another guy like Andrew Booth, or you can bring Cam B- uh, Bynum in to play corner. You can bring in now, um, um, Shannon Sullivan to play. You know, so you're yes. adding guys, and and that's why I think you still need to go get like a. There's a Kobe Bryant out there. There's a Josh wow, Jobe. Uh, there's a Tariq Alabama. Woolen. Uh, like I said, even in the later. Josh Job is
1: still out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow.
0: Yep. And he's the number one corner on the board right wow. now, eighty-five. He's ranked eighty-fifth overall prospect. He's and like
1: six-three.
0: Yep, and it was not taken. So that's a guy that if the Vikings and, and and again, man, people throw rumors out all the time about guys don't get drafted or you know this guy's a you know bad character guy, you know smoked weed last night. I saw him outside. Whatever it might be, but you know when you look at all these guys still out there, there are some good corners. Glaucoma. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cataracts. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: There's some good guys out there. Oh yeah. And so that that's why I think Corner like again as a chairman fifth round pick.
2: Correct. I mean, there, there, there are a lot of them. Yeah, it,
0: yeah. you got to you you have mean, I mean, to can't can't was a third-rounder. It's
2: not a death sentence.
0: No. And, and like I said, you, you always need special teams guys. Okay. And honestly, as a receiver, I'm not putting my hand up to go be Gunner. Like, if I got to <laughs> do it, yeah. I, am I going to play the wing on punch? Sure. I'm the fourth receiver on the roster. You don't want to do it. I, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it because I want to get paid. But corners, that's what they do. Like, yeah, put me at, put me a Gunner. Put me at the wing. I'll run down and tackle somebody. Because we don't practice tackling anymore in a receiver. DBs are how you do it. And that's why so many teams run with 10 when they come out there. And then you have to, you know, strategically look at the rest. Like like we talked about, tight yeah. end. Tight end, another good special teams position. Um, you know, there's some good ones out there. The kid, Jake Ferguson out of uh, Nebraska. He's still out there. You know, or no, sorry, Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, you know, you look at him, and the only reason I know that name is because he played against the Gophers and I hate him. But now <laughs> he's done with college, so it's 6'5, 255. Mm-hmm. That's a big kid, you yeah. know, and he was one of the better tight ends in the Big Ten. Like that was PJ Flex nightmare. How am I going to cover this guy? And you look at him versus uh, Boy Mafe. who was the 40th pick. He blocked Boye pretty well against Wisconsin. Yeah. So I mean, that's 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 a guy where if the Vikings are yeah. like, okay, who's our blocking tight end? Who's going to be our bigger body tight end? He's out there. There's, so
2: there's a guy. Go ahead. Well, I was saying, you know, you have Johnny Munt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's and the blocker. Yeah. So, but I was, I agree with you. This offense at Least the running game that we've seen now, you know, Connell could change it and not, Mm. but the running game we saw at the with the Rams that depended on the tight end, correct? A Mm -hmm. ton, yep, a ton, just like the 49ers. So now, will CJ Ham now be a a tight end? I mean, that's the thing, it's like you have this, you have this talent in CJ Ham, what do you do with them? It's pretty easy to integrate. You know, the tight end's a wing or mm-hmm. you move him over six feet and he's a fullback, yeah, right? He's a one it's, by it's, one. Yep. So but a a great blocking tight end will help our running game more than any guard I think we can we could find and throw in there because the way defenses are played now, so many bodies now on the line of scrimmage with the cutbacks and with the bend backs and all those other things that mm-hmm. they do. You know, you have a two hundred and fifty pound pass receiving, pass catching tight end. Out there, you go now. You your job's to go out there and kick out Von Miller. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like, what? Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> right? You know, and and yeah. so you need someone who's gonna just be like, all right, well, you mm-hmm. we line up and go ahead and do it. And they got to play the bills, yeah. you know. So and you we we Von we also <laughs> <Yeah>. I, think <laughs> no, I think this crap. team also yeah. needs a good. We we need unfortunately the big guys who are great athletes are hard to find late, but a defensive tackle. Yeah, because right now, you know who's gonna be that if we do run the five-man front, who's going to be that other three technique and or nose tackle in this defense? And those techniques are going to change quite a bit. I mean, frog stance, meaning all four on the ground, reading the block in front of them instead of just jetting up the field. Now you can reduce one side, you know, cover up the linebacker a little bit, let him play like a regular three technique or an end. But, you know, you, you need some... You kind of you need some hogs in the middle, yeah. you know. And there's a guy at 157.
0: I know Tatum likes. So got LSU. Well, you know, yeah. he's there a we wide go. body ballerina. That's
1: what yeah. I assume. So, but Tatum was you. Dude. You were thinking wide receiver earlier. I was
3: thinking wide receiver earlier. I mean, I think that there's a value in that. And right now, I don't. You know, I, I even mentioned Bo Melton. Yeah.
2: Oh, I was going to say, if he can return punts, sure. This team does not have a punt returner. Number one, and I don't care about how you return. You you got to be a great decision maker, and you got to catch the damn ball when it's punted to you. Yeah, Denny Green would always say that. All I care about on punt return is that when the whistle blows, it's our ball. Mm -hmm. That's your job. But we don't have we that punt return. Sure, a a bit of a thorn in our side for a while, right? I mean, kickoff return we got that figured out. Who's going to be the number two running back too? I mean, you still got Alexander yeah, Madison. Yeah, you still have Madison. You still yeah, I I got Madison. I think there's opportunity there for somebody to step there will, in. It's there a contract year for and, him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So no, there's there's, Sorry, I didn't mean, just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, you're you. fine.
3: Yeah, I just think I think that there's so much talk about this offense being so set mm-hmm. that for me, I'm I'm not. You know, I have no inside information of, of whatsoever. This is purely on conjecture right here. But but seeing someone like I I think I mentioned in the in the. uh the recap Reaction, that we yeah. did, that Calvin Austin is a 2-2 two, two Atwell comparison, and and Kevin is looking for toys in the toy chest. He's looking for these guys out there, and if he doesn't see it right there, seeing a more dynamic, shifty guy that he can just kind of pluck and, and and play and maybe even return punts, things like that. That might be somewhere they go to next because they have picked up so many defensive pieces, and it's not done, obviously. But picking up somebody like that could be really appealing to Kevin, who's trying to create this illusion of complexity.
2: And, and this was a top ten offense last year, easily, yeah. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we have we have pretty much the same guys. I think yeah. the, our top three wide receivers. You mentioned uh, KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne. Yesterday. Yeah.
3: Well, and BC's yes. about, on the rehab, right? And- so
2: you have. It's just that I agree with you 100% sure. on the punt
1: return slash wiggle guy, mm-hmm. right? The gadget guy. Yeah. You and know, that could be BC's call to fame. If he, if he can yeah. return punch, he did it a few years ago. This, Hey, we, yeah, we got some more receivers here on this roster, but Hey, BC is more valuable on special teams. And that's, I mean, hey, we know that special teams gets you on the plane. Mm-hmm. If right. you can get on the plane, that's all that matters because anything can happen after that. But, I think all that depends on how good this offensive line is going to be this year for the Minnesota Vikings. Just from talking to Kevin O'Connell earlier this year back in March, I had asked him, I said, you know, with everything, all these motions, all this zone reads and sweeps and all this illusion of complexity, does this make the job easier on the offensive lineman? He said, no, it's the exact opposite. The offensive linemen are going to have to work harder because we're going to use them to make the defense work harder. We're going to have our offensive linemen running one way. The play is going the opposite way. They're going to have to think on their toes and they're going to have to do a little bit more in order for this entire offense to be gelling all at once.
2: And to that, to that point, I don't recall that their offensive line had a lot of changes. Because it seems to be a thing now mm-hmm. where a guy plays guard one 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 game and then plays left guard the other game and then moves over to center and this guy's starting to tackle. Some of that was COVID-related. I get that. But you talked to offensive linemen of just even 10 years ago. They're like, you'll line up and you know and you can count on what the guy – you know what the guy on the right's going to do and, and there's there's a value to that. And so, if you know, Whitworth, he, he's, he was around forever – um, Haverstein was around forever. I mean, they're, all, they're they had a very, I think, experienced and mm-hmm. most in most cases offensive line. That and, and that's what they have to do. And I, I hope they just line these guys up. When's the last time we went through training camp with the same offensive line? that we started with yeah I mean, you know what i mean we, it, it's been unfortunately for a number of reasons it's it's been musical chairs and yeah. so
1: i don't th- I, I can't remember the last time we went to a training camp with this many veteran offensive linemen like with all this depth of you know, veterans long and i think that makes for a healthy competition and you just look at just the the opportunity for a young guy and and, and ed ingram even if he doesn't play right away He's going to have an opportunity to learn from so many veterans and and an offensive lineman coach that has done it already for the Denver Broncos, and now it only makes this entire offense better.
0: Yeah, and and the thing I listen to is when Kevin O'Connell, you know, some of the things he says when he when he makes comments about the type of offense and the type of plays he wants to get for Justin Jefferson. um, I look at it; I equate it to basketball. You know, Sean McVay talked about his offense as a basketball team. He talked Mm -hmm. about movement, quick setting picks, all that kind of stuff. That's the thing where I felt like, and I would bring this up on the pregame show all the time, I felt like the Vikings got away from the basics. It felt like Gary Kubiak and Clint Kubiak were always trying to create these huge, big momentum plays versus letting Kirk Cousins work a lather up. If you look at Matthew Stafford, and even go back to Jared Goff, it was throwing slants. It was throwing hitches. It was throwing bubble screens, tunnel screens. And then they would get into their offense you with double warm, shallows yeah. and then deep posts with the you know comeback. And, and I think that's where Kevin O'Connell – and again, you never know because this is his first time actually taking over. This was McVay's offense for the past couple of years. And so he's going to take over. Is he going to do the same thing? Most likely, because his goal is I want to do the same stuff. I want to use Justin's usage like Cooper Cup. Um, And and I think that's where the Vikings offense is going to go. And, And to the offensive guard point, if you think about the Rams, like Pete brought up their run game. It was it was predicated on movement. They would move guys, and they would try to count, and they could count. If we got three guys here, run to the three-man side. Mm -hmm. If it's four guys here, run away from the four. And we would always ask Kirk Cousins or bring it up in pressers, "Hey, how much can Kirk Cousins change?" Not really. You know, and, and that's a problem. If a quarterback can't come to the line of scrimmage and count and say, Okay, I should not run the play this way, or I should not pass the ball into this coverage, and he's just stuck checking to a run, or he's just check going opposite opposite is the easiest thing in the world. You can't always do opposite because every team knows that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say something's up something and it looks different, they're like, Oh, they're just gonna run the other and way and that and
2: that's gonna be I think the toughest hurdle for, for Kirk is just knowing the protections and knowing Correct. who's hot yeah. and not hyper focusing on whoever that hot the but hot. that's what
0: the loose – so if you think about Jared Goff and what McVay did, it's the loose huddle. As long as they're not completely huddled and everybody's off the line of scrimmage, he can talk to Kirk up to 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what Jared Goff got – they got to the Super Bowl with that. And everybody thinks Goff wasn't that good. But McVay, he spoon-fed it. What what you Stay away. What do you think? Do you think he's that good? Uh, Goff? Yeah. No. But McVeigh is. McVay's smart. He's like, look, I got got 20 or I got 10 seconds to talk you through this quick. Just get in a loose huddle. Mm -hmm. Let me see what they're going to do. And then they'll say, boom, here's two plays, get to the line of scrimmage. And then he goes up there 15 seconds. He can do all his stuff. Boom, check it, run the play. And I think Kirk's smart enough. And that's the key. I just pray
2: we don't start doing what they do in college. And that's everybody hurries oh, up take to the me. line. No, no, no. then they meerkat. Yeah. I always and call then, that the meerkat. then left. they hold yeah. up the, the big picture of Gabe. It's a little bit of the
3: game. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, there the we go. Okay. Yeah.
1: The, the defense, defense doesn't, doesn't know. The money bag, Tatum, Gabe. <laughs> no,
0: Run left. But, yeah, I mean, but that's that's what it's McVay so did. That's what O'Connell's going to do. He's going to he's going to help Kirk. He's going to talk him through it. But at the end of the day, he said, he said, I want Kirk to have control of this offense. And I think that's the key. If you can't give your quarterback control, you need to get a new quarterback. You know, and 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 we can't be afraid if that happens. This is a new regime. You know, this is not a regime who signed up for Kirk. Now he did have him in Washington and blah, blah. But yeah, I I'm excited to see what they can do with this. Like mm-hmm. you said, I think adding a receiver, a jitterbug guy, um, deep diving into 2023. The guy you were just bringing up, Jelani Woods, because Pete liked him. Indianapolis Colts draft. And there's a guy by the name of Darnell Washington. If you watch the national championship game, he's the same number zero. He's six seven, two seventy, and caught a touchdown in the back of the end zone because he's bigger than anybody covering him. And so, we're not looking forward into picks. But everybody keeps talking about if you're making all these trade, why aren't you trying to get twenty twenty three picks? Well, guys like that are why. Because yeah. next year, everybody's talking about the quarterbacks next year. Everybody's talking about the receivers next year and the tight ends next year. So, I mean, we definitely want to win a Super Bowl now. But, I mean, I, you got to give Quasey wanna, and Kevin two or three years. You want to find a tight
2: end go watch March Madness. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Drew, great, <laughs> no, all the great Gates. tight ends are playing Theo John Very out of tramp.
0: Champlain Park High School. Hey, I'm telling you, all the great just got tight
2: ends Duke, are that's true. Yeah, trying
1: to play He
0: football in high school. He might, be, he might be the next Antonio Gates. Tatum, we got
1: five picks tomorrow. What are you most looking forward to?
3: You know, I didn't get a chance to say this on the recap, so I'm glad that you asked me. I am very curious to see the strategery This is very late in the day for me. I was in Vegas at six o'clock this morning. So um, I'm looking forward to the strategic moves of this front office because I think that they I don't know if they've necessarily surprised everyone with the way that they've moved up and down the board and kind of had a whole like who's on our dance card. Let's do this thing. Um, I'm just I'm just going to be very interested to see how creative they're going to try and get in these last couple of rounds because. I, don't, I, I think it's a bit of a trend in this draft that all these teams are moving like this. It just feels like a little bit more movement than normal. But I also feel like this front office, maybe this is, maybe, because we don't know, this is the way that this will operate for the next couple of years. Well,
2: it, it definitely hasn't been that expensive to move around, and I think that's what's mm-hmm. done it. Yeah, is, that's true. Is, you know, you didn't have, uh, you know, hand. You know, it's kind of like you had a handful of guys up top, and then... Everybody else was like, a, "Hey, they're all like second, third round picks," and so mm-hmm. I think the moving around is not as expensive as it's been in the past with all the picks that Quasi's had and what, no, you're he, not said about, what he said about yeah. seventh round mm-hmm. picks, which I hold yeah, a grudge because I was a seventh round pick. <laughs> which he was right, and, you know, we're terrible. <laughs> um, just saying, you know, not you know, a thousand of them aren't worth a, a, a first rounder. So it's like, okay, well, he's not just going to throw darts at the end of the day tomorrow because he's tired and Bring in three seventh round picks. I think he's going to try to put something together and move up. Yeah, that's I, I would think there's at least one other guy out there he's got, they have their eyes on.
1: Oh, for sure. We've named a lot. Hopefully, Quasi is listening to this podcast, which yeah, I know I, he's
2: I, not. he has yeah, way yeah, better things say. to do yeah, exactly. Like <laughs>
1: right. call he's, these draft picks, he's getting his purple vest tailored. They're adding sleeves the, to v- it, the vest zipped to the tie ratio that was, 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 that was elite. elite. That was well,
3: at least it's better than the Browns color tie, right? That is
2: very
1: <laughs> true. You're, very you're talking like you share a building with the guy. Yeah, <laughs> you would think I shared a, a room with him too. They're on, on different wings of the castle. They're right. on different
3: wings of the castle. Yeah.
1: Well, look, the Vikings have five draft picks tomorrow. That's what we do know. One thing we don't know is what they'll do with them, but that's what makes this thing fun. So Vikings fans, we'll see you guys tomorrow night. For Ron Johnson, Pete Bursch, Tatum Everett, producer Jay Nelson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys for either staying up late or waking up early with us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast.